You are listening to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. peeps and welcome to another edition of big trouble in little podcast i am joe doves i almost said escape from uh side quest but uh we're doing movies today movie time movie movie time and we got maggie amen uh in the informant and uh we'll get into that real real soon but let's uh see what the hell you've been watching andy what have you been watching uh, I didn't have a lot of time to watch movies, except for the fact that I had a long cross-country flight. So on that flight, I watched the stupid Seaback movies. Mm-hmm. So I watched Ready Player One, Won't You Be My Neighbor, and Rampage. How was Ready Player One? Um, I liked it. It was fun. I mean, it was a fun movie. I, I wasn't, like, blown away or anything. And like everyone says, the most entertaining part of it is, like, you know, the references, it's like, the guy's like, I choose the form of Gundam, and I was like, yeah, Gundam, awesome. <laughs> and, and, you know, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, and the Iron Giant, and, and Tracer from Overwatch. You know, it's fun spotting stuff in it that you recognize. That's that's the fun part. The story's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I believe, though, that it, you know, squeezing it down to two hours or however long, it's going to hurt it a little bit, because I know it's based on book. But yeah, it was fun. I liked it enough. Yeah, I heard it discredited from the book, like usual. Like all movies do, they never go by the, yeah. what the book says. I mean, I get it. I guess they're they're two different things. Mm-hmm. But then uh-huh. I watched on on the the plane ride back. I watched two movies back to back that do not match in tone at all. Won't you be my neighbor? Is a documentary about Mister Rogers and Mister Rogers' neighborhood. Page <laughs> was that stupid. Uh, Dwayne Johnson movie about the arcade video game where there's a giant uh, ape lizard and wolfman destroying cities. Yeah, how, how you said stupid or silly? Which one? Rampage? Ramp- yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty... I, I don't know. I, it's exactly what it's supposed to be, sure, but I thought it was a pretty dumb movie. <laughs> And it's a rock movie too. That's pretty rare these days to say that the rock was in the stupid movie. But uh, I didn't watch a lot of stuff because I've been playing a lot of Spider-Man, obviously. And since I finished the game, um, and just haven't been watching movies in general, I need to get back on that track again. But I, I watched a fan-made movie, fan-made movie of Friday the Thirteenth. It's called Never Hike Alone. I don't know if you ever saw that, Andy. Nope. It's on YouTube. It's a quick hour movie. Uh, it's about a um, guy who who has like a YouTube video and he's doing like videos and how to like be in shape or something or you know hiking and he comes across Crystal Lake and 
You see, like, all the memorabilia f from the uh, movies that uh, were at Crystal Lake. You see the cabins and stuff. And then all of a sudden, Jason comes out of nowhere, obviously, and starts to, like, try to kill him and everything. And and there's, like, a real good surprise at the end because there's an old character from Crystal Lake from the movies. So, oh, that's interesting. It's uh, really well shot. Um, the acting was pretty good, actually. I mean, it was only a total of, like, five actors, if you're count counting Jason. And Jason does get demasked de in this uh, movie, and he looks pretty fucked up. <laughs> I, th I, th I think this is pretty, uh, you know, good than the uh, being demasked in the old uh, Friday 13 movies. Made him really look fucked up. But other than that, I really haven't been watching anything else. Uh, trying to think really quickly. I, I didn't watch any anime. My friends are trying to get me into uh, JoJo. You ever hear that anime? Yeah, I love that show. Yeah. They've been like sending me clips. And uh, there was one clip that made me laugh where he has binoculars. And they shoot the binoculars out of his hand. And he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Everything in that show is larger than life, and <laughs> that, and just oh, it's 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 hilarious. I love the tone of that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna activate my Crunchyroll so I can watch it. Um, let's get into the movie really quickly. So, the informant. I watched it last night, literally when I came home from work. Uh, which was like 12 a.m., you know, I had my dinner, and I went into it. And the first thing I want to get uh, get out of the way is Matt Damon in this movie comes out with a lot of good facts. Like, it starts off with corn. Uh, then it starts off with, like, you know, different ties and that he wears and all that stuff. Uh, I thought that was pretty hilarious and out of the blue. And you you kind of see these random facts that he throws out and how fast he talks on the reason what happens in the movie. Um, to quickly give, like, a synopsis a little bit, uh, Matt Damon's character, which I think was Mark, right? Mark, I think so. Mark Whitmere, I think. Whitmere or something like that. Yeah. Um, he's part of this... Uh, cornstarch like company amd or something amd like the uh <laughs> the uh processor but n not the processor um they have like a plant called lace lysin which uh is like an amino acid that is in your cornstarch in like every meal possible like there, there's also there's a scene where uh joel McKell's character is eating granola bars and he's like oh cornstarch yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and pretty much a, a virus is in the license, which is a bug, and Matt Damon goes to the bosses or the chain of command and says, we need to fix this and all that stuff. And then he starts, like, throwing... It, to me, it felt like it was out of nowhere. He's like, oh, the Japanese, you know, they, they've been talking to me and all that stuff. And then they're, the FBI just got involved, and... Matt Damon says, I think there is, you know, funny business going on, like price fixing. So he works with the FBI and 
pretty much tries to take over the company. <laughs> yeah. And um, the they they get the FBI involved because supposedly there's a a saboteur and the Japanese are ransoming the name of the saboteur and um, a, a cure for this virus that they have and all this stuff they're trying to make mm-hmm. and. The, the FBI gets involved, which he isn't all about, and it becomes clear why, because they're engaged in price fixing, which is, you know, illegal business practice the world around. They're price fixing with their competitors in Japan, Korea, Germany, wherever else, and they're having meetings and stuff about it. So mm. he confesses to the FBI about it, and... Um, I like the one scene where the guy's like, oh, what's this guy's story? Why, why is he just coming straight to the FBI with this? He's got to be doing something wrong. And they're like, no, he's a good man. Here's a picture of his family, and we carry it to, to remind ourselves that he's doing this to, to help you because he's a good man. And then, you know, the first half of the movie concludes, and then you start realizing little by little that maybe he's not such a great man. <laughs> he, he... And here's what the film does really, really well. In the beginning, uh, when Matt Damon's character, when he starts, like, lying, he's like, I kind of lied about that part. You you kind of go, well, why did you lie? They're the FBI. <laughs> and how the, the character covers it up, he's like, you know, well, you know, this guy told me to do this. That's why I did that. And the FBI goes, huh, you know, the boss is telling him what to do and stuff, and... Maybe that's why he did it, and they go along with it. it, it and then it just gets outrageous where, you know, at, at a point where he's extorting money. And he's like, you know, I had about, like, 500 grand, and then 500 grand turned to a million, and then a million turned into 9 million. <laughs> and, and in the end, <laughs> which I thought it was hilarious, uh I know I'm jumping around, and this is spoilers. Like I said, in you know when we do these movie reviews, we usually spoil the shit out of it. But at the end, he's locked up in jail, and he's doing like a parole video, I guess, to the president. I don't, I don't know why they would do it to the president. Maybe because he was extorting money, I guess. Well, no, the president can pardon anyone in the in the justice system. So, I guess it's a popular thing if you're a high enough profile criminal to ask the president specifically to pardon you because it's the most immediate way to get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, John McHale's character uh, is, you know, saying goodbye before he, you know, heads out. And he's like, man, uh, $11 million for that severance. <laughs> and Matt Damon just walks away. <laughs> and he's like, wait a second, $11 million? What do you mean? I thought it was $9 million. And he's like, oh, you know, with the interest and everything. And what what was the deal? Did he have like a mental problem? Was it the bipolar, or did he have multiple personalities, or he was? I he thought just... that was bullshit. I thought I was under the impression that he had cooked it up to try to not go to jail, so he could be like, "Oh, the stress of working undercover for the FBI uh, ruined me, and I, I snapped, and now I have bipolar disorder." Because remember, he doctors that paper from the psychiatrist that says he has bipolar disorder and the guy says the area code and the phone number's wrong. So I guess he was just a a habitual liar, an impulsive liar, I guess. Or was he just a 
person that was fascinated with himself because during you know when they're telling him you, you don't say anything he's talking to like reporters he's talking to oh yeah, he's an idiot he's yeah. like there are several times watching the movie where you go oh he's fucking idiot <laughs> because he keeps talking don't talk to the fbi okay well don't talk to the company lawyers okay well don't talk to anyone else don't talk then his lawyers tell him not to tell anyone so he goes back and talks to the fbi mm-hmm. he's telling people at the company that there's a raid coming he's telling he, he told his wife everything. He told his neighbor that he was he was agent 0014. He told you know all this other stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I real, real dummy. I hated when he uh, got angry at Brian, uh, the FBI agent. I'm like, why are you getting angry? He's you know, you're the one that went to him telling him all this shit. And now you're just like, especially when he backs out when he says you know everything everything's changed, <laughs> like everything's good now. I was like. You just can't say there's a crime and everything is good now. <laughs> the crime happened. You know, you told the FBI, the FBI knows the investigation is going to happen no matter what. And, you know, you're going to be in the the, the investigation. And, it, like, it wasn't that I was pissed off about it. I was like, why? <laughs> why are you doing this, you know, backing out deal and then yelling at him by saying I had to tell this guy I had to tell my secretary because I didn't want him to get hurt I'm like I I guess he he was being a genuine good man or he was just he was being conniving in a way kind of like stirring the pot just so that he could you know steal all this money I I like how he also (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> made it look like Brian kidnapped him. <laughs> he like tore, yeah. he tore off his jacket and like messed up his glasses, and he came in there. I mean, he also told on the news that uh, the FBI kidnapped him, and I, I like. I thought he said the company kidnapped him because they told him, "Don't talk about anything that's not on the tapes or whatever." No, he he said that Brian said. Uh, to destroy the tapes because he kept on referring to uh agent shepherd as brian he's, he's like i don't know if i should call him brian or bry i don't know brian. Out, bry, yeah. yeah what what did you like about the film i really liked the fact that it could have been a completely different movie if they had just like changed a few things with the way it looks and the music it could have been like a serious thriller or something like that it could have been a drama about this guy destroying his life. But no, it's got like a weird comedic whimsy to it. And the guy comes off as oblivious, but he's he's still somehow embezzling millions of dollars. And I don't know, it's, it's just, it's funny to watch in a way that it's hard to describe. It's a, it's a funny movie in an unexpected way. Mm-hmm. I, I think another good scene is uh, when the company finds out that he forged a signature and he went to the uh, dep- uh, Department of Justice and you just see all their mouths just open. Like, he forged his signature and he stole money from the company. And they're like, wow, our, our case is fucked now. <laughs> um trying to think what else I liked about the film. What'd you hate about the film? Um, hate. 
or just uh, like... some some of the supporting acting was kind of weak, I guess. It's just kind of there. They just filled a role. A lot of comedians. You have Pat Os- Oswalt, I think. Uh, yeah, Pat Oswalt was in it briefly. The guy from um, Arrested Development, the uh, one who was always obsessed with his mother. I forgot his name. He was he was the lawyer. Oh yeah, the Kurgan was in this movie too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know the actor's name. I just know he was the Kurgan. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, yeah, the supporting actors were not great. Uh, Ginger, the wife. The thing about the movie, oh, of course, Brian Brian is Scott Bakula, which was really surprising. Mm-hmm. He's still a good actor, somewhere. Yeah, but what really like had me thinking in the beginning of the movie when uh, Ginger was like, when the FBI started coming to the house and stuff, she's like, "I'm gonna tell them if you don't." And I thought that was going to be the premise of the show, where he's just going to be hiding this one information, and it was actually going to be be a big deal, but it ended up being, you know, that there's price fixing, and he's been telling, you know, obviously the wife everything, and probably lied to the wife at some point, because he's just a fucking compulsive liar. And, and you could tell he he's a liar, because how fast he talks and stuff. He just a, he's a good fast talker, and he knows how to you know use the information to make it believable, and that that's how he strings along the FBI. Do you think he purposely string strung along the FBI, or he was just caught up on all his lies that he thought it was true, and just didn't think that he committed a crime by stealing the money? I wonder that too, because the way they talk about it, he used. The fact that the FBI was investigating and they were looking at this price fixing thing as as kind of cover and an excuse to start embezzling money, mm-hmm. but I think I think the, the the embezzlement was something that was like oh situationally I guess I can do this now so I'll do that. But I think also he was just the kind of guy who was going to figure out a way to do that kind of stuff. Uh, like like he was still complacent in price fixing before the FBI started getting involved and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was really his fault that the FBI got involved at all because he lied about there being a saboteur, probably. Yeah. And I, I, I like that he was like, yeah, I stole nine million, but, you know, they stole hundreds of million. They're the bad guys. Like, no, both of you are bad guys. <laughs> I like that they're like, uh, these, these people are robbing everyone in America before they finish breakfast or something. Yeah. <laughs> because corn isn't everything. Yeah, and at some point, like, even the FBI starts using that as defense with the, their bosses and stuff because the bosses are like, we're fucked now. Um there is no more with him. You're against him now. And he's like, we, we, we would have never, you know, found out about the price fixing if he didn't tell us everything, which is true in a way. Like, I think they ended up did prosecuting some of the uh, people in AMD. Like, I, I saw the, the son of the owner got like three to seven years or something like that. And then... 
I guess uh, Matt Damon's character got released at the end because he I saw him coming out of prison and walking with his wife. Yeah, he gets out. And then he then he opens up his own business and he's like C C O O or something like no, that. Yeah, he chief operating officer of some other company, Cypress something something. <laughs> That's pretty like another company hiring him. And I mean, maybe they're just doing that for publicity because he was national news, correct? Uh, as far as I can tell, I mean, maybe it's more like. He's still business savvy, and they're gonna watch him real close or something. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that he he became a boss. I I just I, I here's my final thoughts on the movie. Um, it's funny because of the stuff that is said in this movie. Obviously, uh, who the guy from Quantum Leap? What what's his name? Scott Bakula. Yeah, he was great in this film. And yeah, just, yeah, just him being like dumbfounded on what Matt Damon character was saying, and every time he lied, like if somebody lied to me that much, I'd probably be pissed off. And they were pissed off, but they were they just wanted the information because of you know the shit that was going on. But it, this film was really good to watch, and. It was like a train wreck that kept on... You knew it was going to happen, and all the stuff was piling up, and then the train wreck happened, and it was enjoyable. Uh, so I recommend this film. Andy, what is your final take? Uh, yeah, I guess I recommend it as well. Like, It didn't blow me away or anything, but it is... Like I said, it's very surprising the way it presents itself. Because I was kind of expecting it to be a pretty humdrum, serious affair. Like, I didn't realize at the time that Steven Soderbergh directed it. I think if I'd have seen that, I'd have been more prone to go into it. But yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, this movie came out in 2009, and I was like, wait, really? I was like, I thought I saw this, like, trailer come out in 2014 at least. Nope, 2009. So uh, that was surprising. I was like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Andy, what 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 is the um, movie of the week that we're gonna be watching uh, the next episode of Big Trouble Little Podcast? Um, I was playing with a couple of different ideas, but since it's October, it's got to be a spooky movie. Mm -hmm. So, how about Return of the Living Dead on Amazon? It has zombies in it. Those are pretty spooky. Mm hmm. And it's a George Romero film, right? Correct. Uh, I don't think so. Oh. Because uh, I I thought he would trademark the, the Living Dead or something like that. Be like, I'm yeah. the only one to make these films. Even there's Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Um, was that on Netflix or Amazon Prime? Amazon. Yeah. So everybody, get on your Amazon Prime, watch Return of the Living Dead, and uh, get back to us uh, on the next episode of Big Trouble Little Podcast. Uh, let's get into some news that matter to us. So. I searched the web, and I found three movies and then three uh, links that we. I put talk. I put movie news into my Google search box. <laughs> Did you find anything or? Yeah, not really. I was going to talk about that that Joker thing, but you got it. Mm hmm. Um. So, Toy Story Four is happening. I totally forgot this was a thing. 
Yeah, I remembered. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently Tim Allen couldn't even get through the last scene in his movie. And uh, this is the quotes that he said. He said, it's so emotional. It's so funny. It's so big idea what they've come up with. Uh, I'm startled. Uh, Toy Story 3 was, I thought, amazing. This, I couldn't even get through the last scene. A couple of the scenes toward the end were really hard to get through, Alan said. And that kind of sucks because you know something sad is going to happen and you're going to cry. I just about cried in Toy Story 3, so I can't imagine what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And Tim Allen couldn't even get through the last scenes. I mean, oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, what scene did you cry in Toy Story 3? Was it when they were all holding hands in the in the furnace? Yeah, the same part where everyone almost cries. <laughs> or did cry. Uh, I, Pixar, I... Pixar does a good job of like having emotions in movies. I always point to the first 15 minutes of Up as being more emotional than most full movies. Mm-hmm. Without dialogue, too. There's no dialogue in the first like 15 minutes of Up. It's just... Well, there is when they're kids. But then it shows them living their lives together and the wife dying. And it... Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just r- rends you in half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that every, Almost every Pixar movie made me cry. So that, that tells you something. All right, other, on to other, uh, to me, disappointing news because, you know, she's not been really doing well with the Star Wars franchise, but her star, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's uh, deal got extended for three years. And I think the only reason why it got extended for three years is because she greenlit the Ryan Johnson trilogy, and maybe that's what she's going to be doing. But, uh, yeah... Solo didn't do really well under her watch. Uh, people could say that, you know, people were protesting because of The Last Jedi, and that's why it failed. I thought Solo was an okay movie. It was It was great to watch. It was entertaining. But yeah, there it was, was a good movie. It, good there was a lot of flaws to the movie. Um, you could tell that because of the, you know, uh, the new director and the reshoots that they had to do. And they kind of set themselves up for failure because when they did that, they upped the uh, budget to two hundred fifty million, and they didn't. They did not succeed in getting that back. So, uh, you know, Bob Iger, which is the president of Disney, um, I believe he said that they were going to slow down on these like uh, side films. They did. That's that's for real. They they put a hold on all the ones that were in production presently. There was. Um... They were trying to do like a new Star Wars movie every goddamn year. It was going to be like a numbered one, a side one, a side one. And no one's really sure what the state of the hypothetical like Obi-Wan movie, Boba Fett movie, whatever that they were working on. Because they they were in various stages of concept, writing, casting, whatever. They're still obviously going to do the numbered stuff. And I I didn't know if the Ryan Johnson trilogy was in jeopardy or not because, you know, because of all the kickback from The Last Jedi. But I don't know. They, they might have already signed some contracts, so that might be locked in or something. I'm kind of surprised they extended it. But the more I think about it, I guess I get it because who's going to know the ins and outs of that complicated horseshit that I just said better than the person who perpetrated most of it? Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I think 
pretty much because she was the you know the main reason why Ryan Johnson got a trilogy. I would think she would have to be at the helm rather than get a new person in there. But I think she's probably going to be on a short leash where pretty much if the next Star Wars movie does fail, they might go, I don't know. I mean, this is not looking good. Maybe maybe two movies at least. Maybe when Episode Nine happens. You know Episode Nine, you know, people are going to see it because it's the last one of this trilogy. And... You know, even if you did hate The Last Jedi, you're going to want to see it out through anyway. That's how I look at it. I mean, some people might be spiteful and not see it or maybe wait until it comes out onto uh, DVD. But I always like to see things through before I make an opinion. Because J.J. Abrams did pretty well with Force Awakens and uh, he could possibly do well with uh, Episode Nine. Uh... Yeah, you you don't need Star Wars every year. That's how you burn out a community. Um, just you could still milk Star Wars, but you could do it like two to three years. Yeah, that that would be a lot better. I think. I mean, a side movie is fine, but don't like force it or whatever. I think a big part of the reason too why they stuck with Kennedy is she has the mentality that they want over Star Wars, like, if they put someone else there that was, like, more... I don't I don't know. There would be different attitudes to take with it, and they just want Star Wars to make money. That's why they're, like, uh, every other year we're gonna release around a holiday Christmas, or I mean, Christmas is the Christmas season, or, like, Labor Day or something. It's And um, they need to be... Make sure there's lots of new merchandise that we can sell from these movies, and keep all the directors on to steal the phrase from you, a super short leash, because, I mean, look at what happened with the directors for Solo, look at what happened with, I mean, a couple of, like, the director for um, Nine has changed, and a couple of, I'm pretty sure that, that they needed someone who was going to breathe down the necks of everyone making these Star Wars movies so they make them just right, because they saw what Marvel Studios did, and they said, oh, we're going to do that, but with Star Wars... And it isn't working the way they want it to, but I think they want her there because she's going to try to continue making it work. They're going to figure out how to turn this into a Star Wars movie factory, which isn't what the fans want, but who cares what they want? Mm -hmm. I think it would be great to maybe focus on those TV shows until these trilogy movies come out and maybe throw in the Obi-Wans and the, the Boba Fett's like, I, I would say every two years and, you know, build up that hype a little bit, you know, show that, you know, I, hey, we're coming out with an Obi-Wan and hopefully Ewan McGregor is going to be Obi-Wan and, and uh, you know, you, you like bounty hunters? Well, here's Boba Fett. I, I really don't get why that would be a theater movie, though. I think a Boba Fett movie is, would be great for like a Netflix or something like that or their own Disney streaming thing. Cause, By the time it would come out, that would be the same. Because here's my thing. is like, Boba Fett, cool, he's a bounty hunter. And he he was only in a few scenes in, like, Empire Strikes Back. And he ends up dying, right? Yeah. So, do you really need backstory on Boba Fett? I mean, I believe he's a clone of, of a clone. <laughs> the, the clone's father, right? 
I forgot the fucking father's name. Django. Django, there you go. Django Fett. I don't know. I, I think soon we're going to get a fucking Chewbacca movie. <laughs> at, some, at some point. Which, obviously, there has to be a person that is going to be in English doing the part. Because you can't just have Chewbacca and a bunch of Wookiees. Yeah, subtitles. I'll watch a subtitle thing. <laughs> that, that would be hilarious. Just a whole fucking Wookiee movie and they're just subtitles. Like, <laughs> Alright, moving on. From Kathleen Kennedy to Joaquin Phoenix. So, they did a test uh, teaser trailer. And put emphasis on the test uh, because a lot of people were like, oh, this is, you know, an actual teaser. And I'm like, no, nah, there's tests in there. I mean, things could change on how he looks and stuff because they want to show what he might be in the movie. And uh, there was few photos of Joaquin Phoenix without his makeup on, the uh, the makeup of Joker. And I was like... Hmm, it's a little weird. It's a little, little like seventies look to it. Did, did you get? Yeah. You got that yeah, vibe. The wardrobe, yeah. And then um, finally, they came out with this video, and he's he's staring, and he's starting to laugh at the uh, camera, and then obviously that's when they show the makeup on him, and it looks like clown makeup. It's it it doesn't look like. The iconic uh, Joker makeup, where it's just like all white, and it has like a spin to it, sort of say. There's like blue, uh, like designs on his eyes. He also paints the red, like eyebrows and stuff. It's a little weird, but what do you think of it? Uh, I've seen a lot of people giving their hot takes on Facebook and stuff about this. And everyone seems to be like, okay, I guess I'll wait and see. I'll wait and see, which is weird. Since when does the internet want to wait and see about this stuff? I figured everyone would explode. Here's my take on it. Uh, I have nothing but faith in Walking Phoenix. I think it'll turn out really well. Mm -hmm. But my knee-jerk reaction to this specific test is uh, boredom. Like, I, I hate to say it, but the, the thing about the Joker is that he's supposed to be you know, larger than life and crazy and bombastic and stuff like that. And this doesn't say that at all. But it's supposed to be, like, kind of what I got out of it is maybe he's, like, just getting into crime and, like, that's his stupid persona that he chooses is some dumb clown makeup. And then something happens, he falls into a vat of chemicals or ace chemicals or whatever, and that turns him into the actual Joker that we know. So... It's, it's kind of forgivable that it is unmiraculous. But if that's what they went with for the whole movie, I'd be really... I don't think that's what they... Yeah, I think... And apparently, like, Batman's not going to be in this film, obviously, because they don't meet until after. Or, well, they do meet before he gets into the chemical thing. Um, <laughs> because he was Red Hood. Uh which I hope they kind of go with that storyline, too, that he becomes Red Hood. But I don't think they're going to do that. I have no faith in WB anymore in live-action films. Nope. So, like, I like Joaquin Phoenix. I think he could be a good Joker. I think he's obviously going to be a better Joker than Jared Leto. Um, but 
with WB at the helm, uh, you know that they're gonna try to throw in there uh, a lot of Bruce Wayne, a lot, a lot of lore that's not gonna make any sense at all because WB doesn't know how to do lore really well. And the final form is pretty much gonna be when he becomes Joker, and they'll possibly try to milk this out where there's gonna be another Joaquin Phoenix uh, movie. And apparently this is not part of the the uh DCU. God. So it's so complicated already. Yeah, so I don't get why you're gonna have an origin story about the Joker because apparently they're making another Jared Leto movie with Jared Leto and um uh what's the fucking god damn it. <laughs> Harley Quinn, there you go. Oh. And it's pretty much going to be like a love story between uh, Joker and Harley Quinn. So you're going to so you're going to have two fucking Joker movies happening with two different uh, actors playing uh the Joker. Walking I mean, Phoenix. if I got to choose, I would I'd choose the the Walking Phoenix one cuz he's the best, but Mhm. I don't I mean, maybe it'll be I just hope they make a good movie. I that's kind of good, I guess, that movie, the, the DCU um, or yeah, the DC cinematic universe is the word. I kept almost saying animated. They should just stick that so, animated. <laughs> yeah, they should because all their animated stuff's really good. But maybe they'll just make a good movie. That would be that'd be fantastic. But I don't know. Their, their track record is such trash now. I think I I think it's gonna be a great movie because of Walking Phoenix and. Yeah. It's going to turn out well, but at the same time, it's like, well, why are you making this film? If it's not going to be any part of, like, the DCU, and you're doing an origin story, what's the point? Unless there is a secret plan going on where they reboot the DCU, and this is how they do it with Joker, which is weird. Um, I, I, I would be down if this is part of a big plan. If it's not part of a big plan... I guess it's a good one-off of Joaquin Phoenix being a Joker. And the Joker is an interesting character. I Do you really want to know about the origin of the Joker? Like, is that a thing? I mean, I've seen the origin of the Joker like five fucking times, you know? It's, they, show it, they show it in the Tim Burton movie. They show it in the animated series. They show it in... in the comics, obviously, in more than one. Thing. Um, it, it's almost like the laughable idea that they could show the Spider-Man origin story. Which, thank God, when they did Homecoming and stuff, they said, "Okay, everyone knows she's Spider-Man. We don't need to do that shit." Anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's such a part of the public consciousness, culture-wise, at least in the United States. I understand these movies are marketed worldwide, so maybe that's that's where this this falls apart, but. It's just so laughable that they want to do a story that has already been told so many times. Mm-hmm. And if if I remember right, the Tim Burton movie, they had uh, Jack Nicholson Joker kill Bruce Wayne's parents, correct? Yeah. And I, they did that in the comics too, right? The Joker killed the parents? Not originally, but I think there is some version of the comics where they did make that 
think. I, I don't know the comics that well. <clears throat> Excuse me, that well. Well, if I remember correctly in the comics, like, the Joker's origin story was that he was Red Hood pretty much committing crime, and Batman came across him, and then that's when the chemical thing happened. Yeah. And out came the Joker. And to me, that's a good origin story. Like, you don't need to go further in his past, because obviously you know, uh, by looking at this film... And that he was anti-establishment and he loved chaos so you know in this film you're gonna see that he's kind of like an antifa a clown gang and he's just you know disrupting the establishment and obviously you see it in the dark night where he's robbing banks with with uh, his clown posse so um, i don't know i, I like he's motivated by crime i i mean yeah, I get the fact that the chaos thing is what everyone sticks with now because of, I mean, the Dark Knight was admittedly a masterpiece. Was really but, I mean, he's still a gangster, you know. That's, that's why part of me has always kind of liked the Jack Nicholson version better because he had, you know, he was still motivated by petty stuff like women or money or something like that. But then it was it was more terrifying because he's now unhinged and, and, and all this other stuff. Yeah. And Plus, I, I, I almost forgot the the other reason I have some faith in this movie. And again, producers sometimes don't do it just to put money in and then like get on a couple conference calls and say, okay, is everything going on schedule? But uh, Martin Scorsese's money is in this movie, so maybe that'll help him. Maybe he'll come by and say, no, this is retarded. Let's make a good movie instead or something. Maybe he brought Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe he, he recommended him. That's not impossible. Joaquin Phoenix, like his his career path was like it it's pretty weird, but in a good way. Like I always remember him from Signs. Like that's the first movie I ever saw him in with uh, Mel Gibson, the M Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, and then obviously Walk the Line was a good movie. And then uh, the movie Her, which I think got an Academy Award, if I believe. I think it did, yes. Yeah. Uh, and now, oh, and that the other movie that we fucking watched, the the cop movie, he was pretty good in that too. I don't know, he's 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 such a well-rounded uh, actor. So he's a very good actor. That that's why, like, when I saw it, it was him. Because at first I was like, you know, having having old Marty Scorsese involved made me at least interested, but my faith was still low, and it still kind of is low. That's Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. but. When they cast him, I said, oh, maybe they're serious. Maybe they will make a good movie. Because, you know, it would have been easy for them to cast someone. I mean, Walking Phoenix has a lot of star power. A lot of people love him. But it would have been easier for them to cast, like, a prettier. I mean, he's pretty, too. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, safer bets that they could have got. But instead, they went with someone who's pretty safe and pretty good actor. Instead of just... Oh, he's pretty. We're gonna have to hire an acting coach because this guy actually sucks. Mm-hmm. And I think the last scene in this film will probably be him murdering <laughs> uh, Bruce Wayne's parents. I I really think that's where they're gonna go. I think that's they're gonna go. Oh my God! You know, there's there's Bruce Wayne's parents. Boom. Yeah, but then that would make Joker like what? Like in his fifties or sixties when he's fighting Batman. 
later. Yeah. Are they are they doing like a time difference? Are they trying to keep up with the 2018? Well, I don't know. I just I don't know. Uh, the implication would be weird. Yeah. I guess we'll we'll wait until more information comes out about this. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm interested because of Walking Phoenix, so I'll possibly see it. You know, not day one in the theaters, but probably like week two or three. Sure. Yeah, that's all the news. Um, really, uh, I mean, the other news: Dark Phoenix. Apparently, the X Men movie is getting delayed. Uh, I possibly think because of the deal with Disney might be one of the reasons. Eh, X Men. Eh. <laughs> it's very true, man. Uh, yeah. Next uh, week we're gonna be doing Escape from SideQuest, so that's gonna be our video game podcast. But again, obviously, Return of the Living Dead is going to be on the next Big Trouble Little Podcast. Remember to watch it and then come here and listen to our thoughts about it. And then maybe give your thoughts in the uh, the Podbean or YouTube uh, comments section. So I want to we want to hear your opinions about these movies. Or just tweet us or or MySpaces, Instagram us, carry your yeah, let's uh, you know, MySpace. I actually found my uh profile. I have my <laughs> old pictures on there. Um, yeah, I never had a MySpace. I skipped that one. I I, I only got I got dragged into Facebook, kind of kicking and stream, screaming. The very first post on my Facebook page, I actually uh, found it recently, like because it's like, oh, your memories on Facebook. The very first post ever was one of my best friends being like, you finally got Facebook, you antisocial jerk face. <laughs> the very first post on my Facebook. I actually didn't like MySpace because every time I went on somebody's profile, uh, they put like music in the background, and it's not like music that you can mute. It's it's in HTML and it's embedded in the background. And every time <laughs> I went to somebody's profile, like fucking music just started blasting. I remember because I had my speakers on my uh, computer because I didn't have headphones yet. <laughs> And every time I clicked on somebody's profile, like fucking rap music just fucking started blaring. As soon as you click on it, the logo goes, Crawl again! Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Social media is stupid. It's the worst thing that ever came out of humanity. Um, I mean, maybe like anthrax or nuclear weapons is up there. Yeah, it's actually really up there. <laughs> like there's you know diseases um viruses nuclear bombs war social media <laughs> what's that what's that chemical weapon the russians made that uh the, the the amount that goes on a pinhead can kill you it's like vx or something yeah it's like like social media is literally under that right there. Oh, okay <laughs> i just wanted to make sure it was above social media yeah social media would never be above those things because obviously those things you know kill social media is there too it's up there it kills people (laughs) (laughs) um remember to uh follow us on podbean which is btilp.podbean.com um there's gonna be some changes in the future guys like you're gonna see new formats uh you might actually see a rebrand in the podbean because we have two different podcasts i want to make it easier instead of just going like big trouble podcast and be like oh 
you know, there's another podcast in here called Escape from Sidequest. So I want to come up with a, probably uh, a fancy schmancy name for it. And uh, I'm also working on a website where it's going to be like a gaming community and uh, just like a nerd community where we could all hang out. And uh, that's where our podcast will probably be hosted on. Um, yeah. I, th I think that's the end of the show. You got anything else to say, Andy? Anything, uh, projects you're working on? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, this, this is video game related. It's not related, but whatever. As an aside, um, I'm going to set up a schedule. I'm going to stream all of Police Knots. I've mentioned it before, but I got everything working. Like, hooked up like it's supposed to be. So, uh, Police Knots was a Japanese-only release from Hideo Kojima and his games are basically movies anyway so there I typed it <laughs> uh, uh, do you have a date or just in the near future uh, I was looking at Fridays it's gonna work yet okay so okay. I, I don't know uh, find me the cliche mustache on Twitch or I think my Twitter handle is just cliche mustache I'll I'll announce I'll, I'll finalize plans probably in the coming week okay cool okay, cool until next time, guys. Later. Thanks for listening.